0: The fight show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals contest, with a $1,000 prize. Join today at slash Patreon. That's slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use the promo code SGPN for $20 off. That's the promo code SGPN for $20 off.
1: Winning fights in the UFC can be life-changing. The Sugar Show, live in color! Especially for those who have the limelight. Hey, this the next f- f- champion in the UFC, man. The Sugar yeah. Show, believe it. And there is no better example of an athlete reaping the benefits of the big stage than Sugar Sean O'Malley. Oh! The walk-off K.O. Welcome to Sugar Show! This kid has that it thing. That's as good as it gets. Not just because of what he's been able to accomplish inside the octagon. Another highlight for the real! There's something about it. Peter Yon is petrified! Rash Bantamweight in the Valley of the Sun. He says he is going to be a world champion. That's always been the goal, and he has never lost sight of that, regardless of how popular he has become. Oh, no, let's Yard has been opened up! Whose ticket to MMA immortality goes through a champion from the tri 135-pound kick, Algemane Sterling. I mean, I think the people would love to see me be the Bantamweight champion, so we'll give the people what they want.
0: Sean, right now is not your time. Go, three total. Three total. Three total. It's the Funk Master's time.
1: Aljamain Sterling with a monumental win tonight. A gifted grappler with an orthodox striking, the Funk Master has been laying contenders and former champions to waste for years. Just step in the cage, I'm gonna drag the ass up and down the octagon, and that's it. And Aljo, this is his world. Now owns more bantamweight wins than any man in the division's history. He now has that confidence about himself of being the champion. Look at this! It's by getting through Henry Cejudo. Oh, he shows that he's the man, and he will not be questioned anymore. Al Main Sterling, he's the greatest bantamweight of all time. Yeah! I go out there, put his lights out. What does that make me? Hey,
0: I'm not in here pretending to be no. Jason, I'm not pretending to be nobody else.
1: All I can be is the algebra and the Master Sterling. You better look better than that. Get the f*** out of my case. At UFC 292 on August 19th, the pair will throw down in Boston. to the Bantamweight Championship of the World. This is where stars are made. This is an opportunity to go to the moon. <laughs> Sign delivered and sealed, baby. In the co event, her power, her aggression, strawweight queen, Jean-Wei the physicality of this lady, she's got it, that's it, Jean-Wei has regained the strawweight title, defends her title against Brazilian challenger, Amanda Lemos, she's so strong, and she's so good at finding shots that you're in your night, Lemos, tee it off! Former middleweight champion Chris White. White man's agony. Returns from injury hiatus. It's amazing trying to reprogram my brain and learn how to walk again. The All-American is back! To face battle-tested Hawaiian Brad Tavares. This guy jumps right into the deep water of the pool fighting killers. Oh! Brad Tavares!
0: A near-perfect performance out of the Hawaiian you are listening to The Bite Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP network. You can follow me on one of my two Twitter accounts, or both, just follow both. I am the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast, and you can follow my Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Make sure you are subscribed to that podcast to make sure you get the soccer content every weekend, particularly the EPL show where we've had a red hot start to the season. The Podcast for match day one ended up going eight and one for my leans. And we're off to a hot start this weekend as well. We also just landed our lock for the first match day of Scamessa Italia, the Serie R podcast as well. You can also catch up on all of the future shows all time in sports betting, I've landed futures of one unit and more at 79.6%. And you can get all of my futures plays by heading over to my service lockbetting.com. That's where I've delivered 122 months in a row of transparent track profit. I always post my spreadsheet on my other Twitter account, which is at lockbettingx. That's at LockBettingX the pinned tweet on that account will always be the p spreadsheet for the previous month. So if you follow that Twitter account, you'll always get an update as to how we did the previous month. But if you want to see all of the spreadsheets, everything is tracked, transparent and logged. It's all kept over at lockbetting.com and you can see every single spreadsheet there that makes up this undefeated decade or over a decade now. But Don't just have a look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's true. Like we can see that that adds up to a profitable month. Have a look at the type of bets we do. Have a look at the stakes that we put down. It's all sensible staking. It's all good bankroll management. There's no chase plays there. There's no 10 unit plays after we lose a five unit play because there are no five unit plays. One unit plays are generally the most that we do. So it's all responsible and it's a way for everybody who has some disposable income to invest in sports betting. And that's a key word invest in sports betting to get involved with the service. So be sure to do your due diligence, do your research. I encourage it. Before you sign up for the service. Before we move on to looking at the main fights from tonight's card. Let me also tell you quickly about game time. I am constantly stressed buying tickets for events. I like to uh, go out and watch a lot of sports. I like watching UFC, boxing. I go to Wimbledon for the tennis. I go to soccer games every two or three weeks. I go to events in the US, WWE, for example, NFL baseball. But it's always frustrating trying to get tickets. I've been in numerous situations where I, um, I've been waiting for tickets to come through and I haven't come through to, till the last minute or in some occasions I haven't come through at all. Uh, WrestleMania is a good example and SoFi Stadium, they said they were not in any way affiliated to StubHub. So I actually had to have a WWE wrestler who I knew bail me out to call in a favor. I didn't want to call in. And uh, get tickets through him because StubHub let me down. There's also knowing when or when not to pull the trigger. Are seats going to get more expensive? Are they going to get cheaper near the time? Am I going to get better seats? Shall I take the shitty seat I can get now? All of that stress is alleviated by game time. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy and theatre near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can actually stop stressing over getting the bloody tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're actually going to have at the event unless your team gets smashed. Like my team got smashed today. watched Man United lose to Tottenham. Horrible performance. Very concerned for the season. But moving forward, you can get images of your seat before you buy with game time so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's just two taps and you're set and the tickets are sent directly to your phone. You'll never have to dig through your email. Also, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find your tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 100 and 10% of the difference. That's crazy. Snag tickets now without stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code SGP to sweeten the deal even more for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem our code SGPN for $20 off. So download the GameTime app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I would quite like a ticket to UFC 292 tonight because we have a very, very stacked card. We don't have that huge fight on the card that features someone like a John Jones or a Conor McGregor. Obviously, these are the big fight cards that people are looking forward to these days. But I think in um, in terms of um, secondary level pay-per-views that you can have, Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley in the main event is pretty decent. And when you look at the rest of the card, you've got um, Ian Gary stepping up to the main card. His stiffest test comes against Neil Magny. We have Welly Zhang defending her belt against Amanda Lemos. And we also have Chris Weidman returning. He steps back into the octagon against Brad Tavares, although he is a significant underdog to get his hand raised this evening. We'll begin by talking about the main event, where Aljamain Sterling is the two to five favourite to retain his belt with Sean O'Malley priced up. Or Sean O'Malley priced up at two to one plus two hundred. The method of victory market has Sterling at thirteen to two via TKO, KO, two to one via submission, and also two to one to get it done via a decision. O'Malley is available at 10-3 via TKO KO, which is seen as his best route to victory, being able to land that knockout or TKO shot in this 25-minute period for his championship fight. It's 20-1 for a submission, and he's 8-1 to to get it done via a decision. The total round markets see over 2.5 at 4-6 minus 150, with under 2.5 here at 6-5. Under three and a half and over three and a half is your 10 to 11. 10 to 11 minus 10 line with under four and a half at eight to 13. Over four and a half at six to five. Will the fight go to distance? Yes. Priced up at seven to four. So nearly plus 200 on the fight to go to distance here. And no at four to nine. That's shy of minus 200. So you're not quite getting uh, minus 200 there. You have to lay a little bit more juice than that for this fight to finish inside the distance. So... How do I think this one is going to play out? Well, ultimately, I see two ways that it's going to play out. It's going to be Aljamain Sterling stinking the place up, grinding his way to a decision, not getting involved in the striking battle, because this is the first time that Aljamain has actually been at a reach disadvantage and uh, winning the fight on the scorecards, possibly Possibly finding a way to get a submission victory here. But I do think the scorecards is more likely. I don't think he wants to stand up here with O'Malley. The The other way it finishes is if Sean O'Malley can actually land that shot. Because he should have a sizable striking advantage here. But Sterling is awkward and unconventional enough that it will probably take a few rounds for him to be able to read Sterling, whilst Sterling will also use those uh, few rounds to sort out his timings. And even if Sterling fails on his first couple of takedown attempts, I think he has more than enough time for him to take advantage of the massive grappling edge that he has in order to find a way of winning a majority of the rounds by utilising that remaining time once he has worked out O'Malley and been able to grind out a decision. Now, I don't think there's anyone who will disagree that O'Malley is UFC's golden boy. We were talking about how this is kind of your level two card, your level two main event, because we know the upper echelon at the moment is John Jones, Conor McGregor, and to maybe a lesser extent, but I would put him up there at the moment, Israel Adesanya. When these three guys are not fighting, it is to me considered a B-level pay-per-view. But this is as high, I think, as a B-level pay-per-view gets. They want O'Malley to find his way into that category because he's an exciting fighter and he has a look and he's marketable and UFC can really get behind him. I understand the golden boy doesn't always fulfil the wishes of the organisation, but um UFC is stacking the deck against Sterling in many ways here for UFC 292. Sterling is correct when he says that the UFC did O'Malley a favor in granting him plenty of time to prep for Sterling for this fight. They did O'Malley a even bigger favor in requiring Sterling to turn around from fighting Henry Cejudo in less than 4 months. Knowing how much Sterling has been talking about how difficult this weight cut to 135 is, a quick turnaround is going to be quite difficult for Aljamain Sterling. Plus, he's also 34 years old. That actually makes him the oldest reigning Bantamweight champion in the history of UFC. Um, Sterling also has one foot out of the Bantamweight door and... That isn't retirement, but he has no intention of attempting to regain his belt should he lose it. So if he does end up losing his title, he's not coming back for a rematch or anything. Maybe that lights a fire under him to leave on his own terms, but being ready to move on does create questions as to how difficult Sterling is starting to find this. But I still find it very difficult to look past the fact that he's such a superior ground fighter here in his fight, and uh, there shouldn't be any debate that O'Malley is the superior striker. So, getting these two, uh, these two outcomes—one at ten to three of for O'Malley to get the win via TKO KO, whilst getting Aljamain Sterling at around about plus two hundred to get the victory via a decision. Both of those do appeal. O'Malley likes to get his wins early. Nine of his 16 MMA fights have seen him secure a TKO KO in either rounds one or two. He's priced up at eight to one to win by TKO KO in rounds one or two as a special request bet that I found looking through the lines this morning. So that definitely appeals to me because the longer the fight goes on and as it enters the championship rounds, it gives Sterling more time to get a read on O'Malley. And that's where I think he can win. There may even be an in-play opportunity here in this fight. I'm going to lean on Aljamain Sterling to get the win via decision. But I would definitely be looking at a hedge on Sean O'Malley at O'Malley. And I'm definitely interested in rounds one, two, and maybe even round three. Because I think after that, the gas tank is questionable. And I think that's when Aljamain Sterling will take control. And will probably go on to do enough to retain his baton title via the scorecards. Before we move on to looking at a couple of other fights on this card, let me quickly tell you guys about the Sports Gallon Podcast Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Turtles contest with a $1,000 first prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for Patreons. Plus a monthly SGP, uh, SGP Stories podcast, sorry, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There is even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. It's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon if you want to get involved. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're going to move on to talking about the co-main event. Usually when I do these shows, I just talk about the main two cards on the fight. But because I know Ian Gary and his wife. Um, I'm going to touch on that fight as well because Ian Gary is a very interesting fighter to me. He could be the person who steps up into that column A, that upper tier that I was talking about. He could be somebody who sells fights like a Conor McGregor, like they want Sean O'Malley to do, like a John Jones, like a Israel Adesanya, but he needs to keep on winning. I think for him it's imperative that he keeps that O. And uh, he faces his biggest challenge today up against Neil Magny So I am going to also talk about that fight But first of all we'll go through this co-main event Where Welly Zhang is defending the belt against Amanda Lemos She is the 4-11 to favourite to pick up a win with Lemos at 2-1 The method of victory market sees Zhang at 11-8 to via TKO-KO 9-2 via submission, 3-1 to via decision Whilst Amanda Limos is 9 2 via TKOKO, 11 to 1 for the submission, and 10 to 1 via a decision. I expect Welly Zhang to get her hand raised here, but when we're doing these shows, we're talking about sports betting. We're talking about value. We're talking about if we agree with the pricing. That's what we're doing a lot of the time. And I don't think that the gap between these two is as wide as these prices suggest, Limos certainly has the power to ruin Zhang's day. This does feel like a fight where she'll need to get the KO or she doesn't have a chance of winning and In my opinion, Lemos just doesn't fight at an elite MMA pace. So if Zhang can take her down or can just get her scrambling, I think that she can wear Lemos out enough so that the fight will end up being one-sided, which ultimately could lead to Zhang getting a knockout. But I still think with Lemos carrying that threat... This is a really close fight, and that makes it fun to watch. Zhang can't really have boring fights, and Limos looked sensational last time out. I think both women are going to strike uh, and and swing for the houses. I think they're both going to get hit a lot, and if that happens, I think Limos has more power than Zhang, and has a real chance of winning. She has more power in her hands, and... She actually has better submissions as well. So if Zhang gets wobbled, then Limos has a chance of finishing her off while she's down on the ground as well. So the only opponent that Zhang has faced who's rivaled the power of Lemos is Jessica Andrade. And Zhang was actually fortunate enough to dispose of her in less than a minute. Um, Jonah Janjajic's strikes stung more than they actually caused any trouble. But Lemos's punches, they will spark you out. And I'd give her until the championship rounds to be able to find that shot that changes everything once again in the strawweight division. If she can't land it before the championship rounds, then I do think Zhang ends up running out as the winner. But I do think there is significant value on Amanda Lemos at around about 5-2 plus 250. I don't think she's going to get it done in on the scorecard. So perhaps a better way to take her would be to take her to win inside the distance. Amanda Lemos to win inside the distance which is via submission or decision, is priced up at five to one. So we don't often give out 5 to 1 plus 500 selections. And this is by no means something that you should be putting a load of money on. It's a sprinkle, but it's where I think the value lies. Sometimes, as I said, in sports betting, it's not about just betting on what you think is going to happen. Because what I think is going to happen is at minus 300. I don't know about the outcome, but I do feel that Welly Zhang will find a way to get a hand raise. However, Another scenario that I can also see happening, whilst not as strongly as Zhang winning, but definitely at better odds than plus 500, is priced up at plus 500. And that is Amanda Lemos finding a way to win inside the distance. So that's going to be my selection here for this one. We finally move on to the the last fight I'm going to talk about, which is Ian Gary versus Neil Magny. As I said about this card, it is stacked, and I will be posting out all of my plays over at LockBetting.com. That includes a play for the uh, return of Chris Weidman, who is an underdog against Brad Tavares. This is also on the main card, but we're going to finish off by talking about Ian Machido Gary he is the one to four favourite to win against Neil Magney, who is the three to one underdog. The method of victory market sees Gary at six to five by TKO, seven to two via a submission, and five to two via decision. It's fourteen to one on Neil Magney by TKO, fourteen to one via submission, and seven to one here via a decision. Looking at the odds, the impression that you get is that Ian Gary is being handed a name in order to win impressively on a UFC number card, so UFC 9-2, and on the main card of it as well. So this is what I think is happening, and that's what I believe will happen. Magny's last three wins have been underwhelming, and he actually arguably lost to Max Griffin and Phil Rowe, and was likely on his way to losing a decision to Daniel Rodriguez as well before pulling it out late. That isn't even mentioning how one-sided his losses have been as of late. Gary, he looked like a world beater in his last contest against the same Rodriguez who gave Magny some troubles. However, prior to that, it's fair to say that Gary wasn't looking as impressive as UFC wanted him to. However... I get that MMA maths doesn't work like that in terms of um, Rodriguez gave Magny trouble and Gary disposed of him pretty easily. But overall, I don't think Magny has the power to make Gary pay a heavy price if Gary gets overconfident. And I just think Gary's confidence is going to grow here as a result of stopping Neil Magny in this fight. I don't think there's any UFC or MMA experts out there that would say at the moment that Ian Gary is the complete fighter. He has many defensive flaws against strikers that can crowd him, but he's been putting a lot of work to iron that out, putting in a lot of work to iron that out lately. More than anything, when he gets to move forward, he's been excellent at maintaining his preferred range which is key for Ian Gary to establish in all of his fights. He never crowds his work. He never falls forward on his strikes. And as such, he's probably going to give very few clinch opportunities away to Magny, which is where Magny wants to fight. If that's the case, given Magny's lack of power in, in stand-up, uh, I think it's hard to see anything but a dominant performance here for Ian Gary. So this does feel like a hand-picked selection here for Ian Gary to look good. There is no doubt that Ian Gary is a potential superstar and definitely the person who UFC want to come out on top here, which is why they've put him in this position. They want him to succeed. He'll be given every opportunity to succeed. Obviously, some of the social media activity is rubbing people up the, the wrong way. Ultimately, if this is a guy who likes to travel everywhere with his kid and with his wife and give them that exposure and not hide them away, and if that makes him more comfortable and that makes him enjoy his camp more, or enjoy his job more, and he can mix the two things together, then you can't really say that that is a negative. I think it could become a negative if things start to go south, if it starts to become a distraction if obviously your wife and kid are there and they they witness you being defeated or knocked out or or whatever it may be, if there is some adversity that comes your way, then suddenly travelling along playing happy families whilst you're trying to knock somebody's head off, but instead it happens to you, doesn't seem to be the right formula for success anymore. But at the moment, despite having a couple of blips earlier on in UFC, not by way of defeats, but just not looking as good as the UFC probably wanted him to look. The last fight, as we're talking about it right now, was completely successful. That was by far Ian Gary's most impressive win in the UFC. And now I believe he's been put in a position to win again and win convincingly. I would be concerned if he isn't able to establish His striking game. If he isn't able to control that distance, that Magny may be able to find a way to grind out a decision. Magny is unreliable, and I hate picking fights he's in, but he can also be a spoiler for young prospects and. He can make the fight quite ugly if Ian Gary isn't able to control the distance isn't be able isn't able to establish octagon control and fight the kind of fight he wants and the f- type of fight that he can win. So it could get ugly and it could get difficult. But ultimately, I'm going to go with the next golden boy. The best night possible for UFC would be if Sean O'Malley and Ian Gary both got their hand raised tonight and looked good in doing so in the process. Closing out with your lock on the show. As I said, I will be putting out a card for this pay-per-view over at lockbetting.com. So lots of other fights I do like on the main card and on the prelims. But your lock is going to come from two of the fights that we looked at here. We're going to step away from the main event and we are going to put out plays here in a parlay for the co-main and the fight between Ian Gary and Neil Magny. We're going to take Ian Gary at 1-4, to 4, minus 400. And we are going to tack on Welly Zhang and Amanda Lemos to not... Go the distance. So it's fight to go the distance. No, we want that one to finish inside the distance between Welly Zhang and Amanda Lemos. And we want Ian Gary to get his hand raised in any fashion tonight against Neil Magny. The 1-4 to four minus 400 combined with the 2-5 to five for Welly Zhang and Amanda Lemos to not go the distance gives you a parlay paying out at three to four. So that's a £175 return here for this parlay for a £100 stake. So a £75 or $75 profit, whatever your currency here, for this lock selection. That's it for me in this edition of The Fight Show. I'll be back with another episode next weekend. Until then, good luck with all your bets as always, and thanks for listening.